You're listening to RC Heli Nation. I wish that I could fly way up in the sky like a bird so high. Oh, I might just try. I wish that I could fly way up in the sky like a bird so high. Oh, I might just try. Oh, I might just try. Alien Nation version 2.0. This is episode 191. I am Dan. I'm not a bad girl. I'm just drawn that way, Reed. Huh? Oh. You like that? I do. Yeah. Where's that from? Did you see how that just came out? Just smooth? Dude, that was Man. incredibly professional. I know. You had right? that written down. No, did not have that written down. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm getting good at this thing, man. I might keep doing it. I like it. But you, you know, I mean, the intro was perfect except for one thing. What's that? It's episode one ninety four. It is not one ninety four. <laughs> Damn! Nice try, Justin Pucci. That's me. Fast forward. So Jesse's here. What's up? Justin's here. What's up? Where is Nick? Nick, where where is Nick? Beats me. So, he sent us a little text a few minutes ago. Keep in mind, we record at the same time. Every, Every week. week. For the last, like, four Three years. years. Yeah. Three years. So, no heads up. You know, we, we get on Skype right around 10. And the three of us are sitting here twiddling our thumbs and we get a text from Nick. Out of the blue, no warning. I'm at a graduation. Going to be about 30 minutes late. Go ahead and get started. You didn't know it. Five o'clock today, you were going to be at a graduation. Couldn't like give us a little, little heads up, yo. Heads up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Not. I actually get I get people that do that to me at work, where I'll schedule a meeting, and you know the meeting starts at like eleven o'clock in the morning, and at ten after eleven, I get a text that says I'm going to be late <laughs> to your meeting. It's oh like, really, dude? You're you're already ten minutes late to my meeting. Do you dock and pay yeah. when they do that? No, take it out of their paycheck. No, I I don't have the authority to oh. do that. Spank you wish, slap wish you could though. Sure. Oh, well, I wish I could do more than that. Do you give them the the shit job? Like now, it's their <laughs> week to clean the toilets. Well, if you don't show up to a meeting, you get all the freaking action items <laughs> from the meeting. That's the yeah. way it works, right? That's fair. Yeah. That's yep. absolutely fair. Oh, Dan's not there. Give him that action. Yeah, <laughs> He's got it. He can handle it. So what's he going on, guys? Me. Anything new and exciting happen this week for anybody? Yeah, I, uh, I had a really amazing week. So it started out after the show last week. You know, Nick and I had been talking about the fact that he was going to come down on Saturday, the day after the show, to pick up his Goblin 500. Because he wanted to get that back and he had the Hobbywing 100 amp that uh, our listener and friend Randy got a hold of uh, for him. And so he came down to Snohomish and hung out uh, him and his son, Auden, and myself, my wife and my son. And the kids got to play around and, you know, run around, chase each other. 
My wife hung out and got a suntan and Nick and I just flew and it was all day and it was glorious. Did you guys pack like a lunch and all that good stuff too? Oh yeah, dude. Like it was full on. I think we showed up at, I want to say we showed up at like 10, 9.30 or 10 Mm -hmm. and he had to take off to get home for dinner at like 4.30 or 5. So it was, it was a full six or seven hour day. And I got to say, it is probably the most fun I have had at any heli outing this year so far. And I think Nick agreed and uh, we made a a little bit of a pact that we're going to start doing that more often. Whether it be me traveling up to Bellingham or him coming down to Snohomish, we're going to see if we can do it at least once a month. Or something nice. like that, because, dude, it was just freaking spectacular. Uh, we got, he he brought all of his helis. He brought the heli trailer, which was really nice. And he flew his 702 blade and the 570. I had my Goblin 770, the TDR, and the Diablo speed. He was focusing on, I mean, he was flying 3D, but he was focusing on, like, some new maneuvers and... Uh, you know, getting the uh, some of the proficiency stuff done. Uh, we took videos of each other, and actually, I think you guys may have seen some of the stuff. And then, that and he then you posted. went flying after after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was a little bit of flying video. There was a little bit of non-flying video. We didn't post the latter on YouTube yet. Yet. That's the well, no, that's you the can't special put it on YouTube. One. Well, that's, that's the, the one where you have to sign have to in pay. to, to yeah. show that you're over 18. You have to pay. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. And and anyway, uh, so he did you guys see his videos of the Pyro TikToks on the 570? I don't watch Nick Lynn videos. Dude. No, I, I did. I did. <laughs> the video doesn't do it justice. Well, it's tough. That's the thing. It's tough it, to see because it it's tough, small. Especially yeah. with the ground not in... in view because he's still flying him high i mean he's not bringing him down low yet but that particular run of pyro tiktoks i mean they locked in it it just it sounded like a damn metronome it was really awesome and i got some of the best speed flying in i say the best speed flying in that i've ever gotten in my life both on the tdr and the diablo speed uh, I decided to go out and work really hard on the reverse half Cuban eights. And I had done them a little bit before, but this time around, I really wanted to try to be aggressive with it. Um, I had been messing a lot with different variations on the sim to figure out what gets the most speed uh, and ended up playing around with that as well last weekend and saw a huge difference. So. I have now topped my previous best record. Uh, and I, I posted a video that Nick took of this uh, earlier in the week on YouTube. My I hit a max of 284, 285 kilometers an hour with an average in that run of 270 which is right about 170, 165, 170 miles an hour on the Diablo speed. Sweet. 
And man, did it feel good. Oh, it was freaking awesome. Now, in the process of doing so, I got a little uh, ahead of myself and over discharged my packs. Now, this is have telemetry for that. I, I do, Jesse, and the <laughs> and and Mrs. And Jetty yeah. was like vibration. Yeah, Mrs. Jetty sound. was like warning. Did you just say wait a minute? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, I called her Miss Jetty. Oh, that is just that That's is weird. hideous, dude. That's too far. That oh, is it weird. is not, dude. You need to rethink that when you're yeah. when you're flying the radio. I do not care. You just, you need to, her seriously. voice is it's there, dude. I just lost a little respect for you. Too much. I'm okay with with you losing respect for me. I didn't think you had any to begin with. <laughs> What's well, negative now? Yeah, now it's now it's it, it's turned from a loss of respect to disdain. How does that grab you? That bad, huh, dude? Miss Jetty, come on now, dude. Well, it would be weird if I called her Mister Jetty. It, it would be just as weird. Yeah, it would no be, stranger. Uh, it would just just be it's creepy, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> weirdo all right get get over it get over it hey before you go on i just i gotta ask you a question yeah did you see this facebook post about a t-rex 450 hitting 211 kilometers per hour oh yeah i did dude we're gonna talk about that in the news that's fast for a 450 yeah that's that's like a hundred and what they shoot it out of a cannon I don't know what the hell they did. <laughs> but yeah, that was at the Poding Speed Cup. I want to talk about that during the news. All right. There were a lot of impressive numbers there. Okay, anyway, back to my story. Back to your love affair with your... My love affair, yes. My my mistress, Miss Jetty. Does that freak you out That's there, Stan? That just creeps you out, doesn't it? That is creepy. You love it. At least uh, she has some switch. So, Jesse, I'm flying (laughs) and it keeps telling me you're over capacity, over capacity. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I'm having fun. (laughs) So so it was telling you. Well, well, here's the deal, right? When you're flying 3D or at least my brand of 3D, if if I get the warning at 3200 milliamp hours out of a 4400 pack, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, I've, I've got. I got about 30 or 40 seconds yeah, left and start you know, thinking about wrapping start it up. thinking about wrapping it up, throw an auto or two in there, whatever on the speed at 150 amps. It, it burns through capacity pretty quickly. So the first faster. time she says it, it's like 3000. The next time she's like 3500. The next time after that, it's like 4100. Now, <laughs> these are 4400 packs. Dude. Oh, you need to I change brought- that second warning to. Get your ass down yeah. now, Mister Freaking Land, bitch! <laughs> so I, I bring you. it down, and you know I'm figuring they're completely toast. And I pull them out of the heli. The temperature of these packs was 175 oh. degrees. Now here Which, is the remarkable thing, okay? And and before I say this, I want to let you know. I am in no way affiliated with OptiPower, but holy crap, these things are freaking impressive. These are the OptiPower 50C Ultras. In reality, they're only about 30, 35C. But nonetheless, 
They come down at 175 F. I mean, they're so hot. Nick and I can't hold them in our hands <laughs> and they are solid as a rock. Not even so much as a small sign of puffing. Not even on the sides? Nothing, dude. Absolutely nothing. Because my I stick backs are already starting it. to feel spongy on the side. Your your Optipowers? Yep. Oh. Mm. Okay, well, maybe I just got a special set, but... They sent you the Justin Pucci you set. I was impressed. Oh, yeah. Now it it did it did have an impact because now the you know the ambient IR gives an apparent C rating of about twenty three. But Ooh. yeah, you know what, dude? That flight felt so good, Jesse. It was worth the four hundred dollars that $400 I just dollars in oh. wasted battery. <laughs> Can't even imagine that. Jeez, they pay engineers too much money. Well, and and yeah, now I I need to get new packs. Yeah, I, I I practiced with them this week, but they're definitely they don't have the poop that the the other set does. Yeah, so last Saturday was absolutely amazing, and I want to do it again. Uh, so no flying during the week, but today was my day off Friday. And I got out to the field again today. It started out rainy, uh, kind of hung out at, at the house, got a little bit of miscellaneous heli crap done, uh, and then got out to the field right around one or so, stayed until about five or five thirty. I was the only person there. Uh, a, another buddy of mine showed up, oh, I'd say for about an hour, hour and a half in between, but I was pretty much alone the entire time. Beautiful weather. Again, with the Diablo and the uh, Goblin 770 and just did a bunch of speed practice and and triple pyro flip practice and autos. That was it. Just speed runs, triple pyros and autos. I I, got to say that the like practicing for anything, sometimes sometimes you got good days and other times you've got bad days. And I wouldn't call this a bad day, but I wasn't feeling it the way I was on Saturday. That said, uh, my my triple pyros on the 770 are really starting to come together. And I'd say maybe three or four out of ten starts, I can string them together in in lines of two to three and kind of keep them in, in a general box of about, I don't know, 15 ish feet. Nice. Yeah. So they're starting to flow a little bit. Yeah. My big one, you mentioned practicing autos and I used to tons of autos. Like you like you said, two at the end of every flight. And I have really been slacking on the auto department lately. Yep, me too, dude. And ever since Othello, I told myself, if I'm going to fly the 770, it's going to mm-hmm. get autoed. And so I yep. basically set up the the capacity warning at like 65% on that pack. And when it goes off, I go up and shoot, you know, handful of autos. Yeah. And they're getting better. Uh, You know, today it was super windy and uh, the wind was blowing in my face. Ooh, that's and so there's not really a good angle to do an auto from in those situations. Start behind yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that works. Obviously. <laughs> it's the choice of champions. Yeah. But Quickly. nonetheless, I, I got a number of good ones in there. Nice. That all you got? 
Yeah. You're buying? I no, oh, I bought. I bought. Of course you did. What'd you buy? Yeah, I bought the uh the the SKB double golf bag oh, hard yeah. luggage case thing for my helis going to Urcha. Nice. That should be here tomorrow. And uh, we'll see if we can get everything fit in there. Although, you know, it was funny. So I I placed the order and then not more than like 10 or 15 minutes after Sean Hempel sends me sends me a text. And And he must have been listening to the show when I had mentioned that. And he's like, hey, dude, before you buy that thing. You should double check your airlines to see if they're going to give you like an oversized baggage fee. I'm like, ah, shit. They will. Yeah, they will. They absolutely will. But I had already bought it. So I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Well, you needed it anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So is the plan two helis in that thing? Two helis. The Diablo Speed and the TDR. Like. Transmit like everything in there, transmitted, the whole work. Um, you know, I that's an open one so far, Jesse. I'm not sure because I've got to get some charging stuff there too and packs. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that I can probably come up with a way to get the transmitter and my packs yep. and maybe like the the eye charger, uh, not the dual power lab, uh, yep. in one big carry on. But we'll oh, okay. have to see. Yeah. Yeah, the the restriction is 62 linear inches, which is the sum of the height, the width, and the length. Well, this thing is like 85, so they're going to charge me. A little over. Yeah. So I I figure it'll cost me somewhere between $1 and $400 to get the thing, quote, shit. Oh. Round trip. But. Got to do it. If you want to go. Got to do it. You can always drive. Yeah. A lot do that. more expensive, Dan. Yeah, well. Yeah, that'll make that look cheap. <laughs> Go buy one but, of those hybrids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Interesting. And I simming. sold a little bit, too. Sold two sets of rail blades. So you're not simming anymore. You're ignoring me and moving oh, on. Oh, I am simming. Yeah, I still? didn't hear you. Yes, I'm still simming, dude. You haven't missed a single day. No. I am up to, I'm now over oh, 32 hours Wow! of total sim time. Now, you know, as a reminder, I signed up to 80 and we're at June. So, e- I mean, Halfway. even to make the goal, I've got to pick it up because I'm not halfway th- to the goal and I'm more than halfway through the, the, the year, but we'll see. I, I'm I'm feeling like I will uh, get closer to my goal than you guys, right? Right? Am no, I right? You're Damn. absolutely huh? right. Yeah, we still got six months. <laughs> BK Servo is proud to present to you its new line of cordless micro cyclic and mini tail servos. When you don't want to compromise on performance, but are looking for an affordable, high voltage servo to keep your 360 class heli locked in no matter what you throw at it, look no further than the BK DS3001 HV cyclic servos. Designed specifically to handle the rigors of today's 360 to 380 millimeter models, 
the BKDS3001HV High Torque Cyclic Micro Servos will keep you connected. And for amazing tail performance, look no further than the BKDS5005HV Mini High Speed Tail Servo, which will hold through the worst that you can throw at it. BK Servo. Coming to a 360 class heli near you. So you decided to join us, Nick. I did. Fancy that. Fancy that. Figured I'd grace you with my present. I thought I smelled you coming, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was at a, my niece's gra- high school graduation. Oh. We were thinking so. that maybe you just graduated from potty training school or something. Yeah, we thought it was your graduation. You know, uh-huh. I've, I've had moments where I've questioned that to be true or not. <laughs> <laughs> Those are... The scariest times in life, aren't they? <laughs> so you, your timing is actually perfect because Justin was just finishing up his week. I was. So we should be about what hour and a half in then? Well, oh, he was actually. Uh, whoa, whoa! Hold on a second. <laughs> Did Nick Len just make so. an underhanded comment about the length of my section? Yes, that just happened. That just, when you wow. get up here and you talk for like freaking 45 minutes <laughs> after announcing that you didn't have much of a busy week. Yeah, it's a pretty slow week. Holy yeah, it's a pretty shit. slow week. You, you, better, you better buckle in for this one. <laughs> well, how about you go next, Nick? Uh, I can. So remember how I mentioned uh, that they were kind enough, Randy and Hobby Wing was kind enough to send me out a 100? Yeah. I flew it. Yeah, wow. I am really, really impressed. That was a very unexpected treat. It seems a it's a tad soft. It almost strikes me as well, it's very contronic ish, to be quite honest. Uh, which is not a bad thing at all by any means. I've gotten really used to the V bar gov, so it's you know, it's definitely VBARGov is like all about holding that exact head speed. Um, you you kind of got to fine tune it and tweak it because it can potentially be a little bit harsh. But this is kind of on the other end. Uh, the the nice part of that is that with uh, with that softness comes no tail symptoms, no negative tail symptoms at all. Uh, very smooth on the tail, smooth on the power delivery. I, I gotta tell. I mean, I don't know how they do it. Uh, how do they get that gov in there? You know, get the BEC in there. Comes with a nice little fan, which I didn't use it. But I, you know, I, if I had to make one complaint, and it's that because I had to remember how to stick program. And I do everything that I can to try and avoid that. Um, but, you know, I could buy the, the programming unit. It's not like it's contronic. It's going to cost me an extra $100 for the programming card. Is that a fairly inexpensive ESC? Dude, it is so stinking cheap. It's dirt cheap, dude. Because really, I'm, I'm actually in the market for an ESC. Yeah, it's... What is the retail on that? Now you're going to... 80 bucks. Are you shitting me? Yeah, yeah, for a 100. Now, it's only good up to 6S. 
Uh, this one is anyway, and it's got the BEC built into it. Yeah, I, I would not. You know, I have no beef with. I have no beef with Castle, but this thing is as far as just ESC to ESC, it dominates the Talon that was on there. I mean, in every way, because it's got a built-in face sensor. Um, it's got. It this doesn't is, suck. Yeah, it doesn't suck. The gov doesn't suck. <laughs> and did, did I mention the gov doesn't suck? <laughs> well, dude, I was flying his Goblin 500 on the Talon gov, and it sucks. Oh, it's bad. bad. Now, I mean, I don't care because I always fly the castles on the V-Bar gov, which is a, a fantastic combination. I mean, that combination mm-hmm. works great, but... So you can't use an external gov with the hobby wing, or what do you what are you saying? What are you? Yeah, about? no, you can, but I really want. Everyone kept saying, "Dude, I swear it's like a, it's like oh, an you just inexpensive hobby wing." Yeah, just try yeah. it, just try it, just try it. And I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. I mean, it took. It's a little. <laughs> you know what? I'm even going to say it is very contronic ish in that some of the explanations in there and why and how and what they do are a little. I don't know. I'll call them unorthodox, non-intuitive. Mystical. And is yeah, the manual like, the, like super hard to read and understand? No, it was <laughs> no that portion of it was, but it took a minute to like, okay, what is gov and gov store? Just a weird weird na- you know, naming convention that they got. But um I got no beef with it. I'm it's got a, some more cool features that I can't use at the moment. It it has the capability for live telemetry output too, which, I mean, geez, man, you you got a BEC, you got a good internal gov, you got telemetry output. It's like wow, you know, it's packing a quite a punch. So I'm I'm excited to get some more flights on it. Um, I had forgotten the day that I got some flights on. I tried my hat cam too, which by the way, um, I would not recommend. Unless you have the ability to post process, but I'll be putting some of those videos up soon. If you can post process, freaking awesome! Nice. I would assume just stabilizing. Uh, no, actually, no stabilization at all. I found in all the you know trailer videos and flight videos that I've done, stabilization and helis don't get along very well because. Once you, you know, once the screen goes up above the horizon, any stabilization that the, that the software tries to add really jacks with Mm -hmm. the heli. But then once you get down below the horizon, it's like it, if I could tell it, forget about the helicopter, just reference the horizon, then it would be different. But I haven't found really a way to do that yet. So no, I did, uh, I did a little teeny bit of warming on the color correction and then uh, took uh, what little bit of, I, th- I want to say it's about 17% or something like that, fisheye uh, out of okay. it yeah. and restandardized that. Um, it, you know, it, it inevitably it's going to end up a little bit crooked on your head. I mean, it it's a hat. I can't put it, apparently, <laughs> apparently I can't put a hat on the same way twice because <laughs> um, I was not able to, and you know what? As I look to the left, I seem to naturally tilt one way and I look to the right. So it was real easy to go in there and just kind of correct for that and take the best of all worlds. But, 
you know, if you have access to that software, it's a blast. And I'm going to start, I mean, truthfully, I'm going to kind of almost start just taking video of almost every flight. That way, if I crash or if I do a really cool move or something like that. Um, crash. I've got crash. Yeah. Which I know, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'd like to see some goblin crashing. Yeah, for someone, I'm sure it is. But <laughs> so I, I got the the remade in flights on the hobby wing out there with the hat cam, and I forgot my trans uh, my neck strap. Well, oh, dude, for a guy who flies with a neck strap, flying without one is very unnatural. It it feels like you're gonna throw your transmitter involuntarily. And yeah, I'm, it, like it, yes, it like it I'm just does. sitting there stirring along in a pyro flip, and I feel like I'm just gonna throw it, you know. And it it was very kind of weird, and and I couldn't get a good feel for the collective, and I just I felt pretty dumb for not doing that. And you know, I probably own fourteen neck straps. And why aren't how, they all like in your trailer? They are all in my trailer, and I need to divide them up. And start randomly stashing them in vehicles. Because oh, this my, was at this was at lunch. Yeah, so, this was after work. I got you. That's why mine always hang on the rear view mirror of my car. Mine goes in my radio box. Yeah, and that's where I usually keep it. Except you know, I'll like so if I get on the sim, right? I'll I'll pull my transmitter out and I'll put it on and I'll sim. And by the time I get done, usually knowing me, it's one o'clock in the morning. So I just unclip my radio, half asleep, walk in the house, and I don't even realize I got my neck strap on. Then it ends up in the house. Then it ends up in the car the next morning. It, it's it's kind of a mess, to be <laughs> honest. So I just need to like do stash houses all over the place with random neck straps because it's not a not a cool feeling. Let's see, what else? Um, oh, got my final order of BK's servos in. Dun, dun, dun. So the last one, that first set that I had bought and then ended up doing a trade for the other servos that I had, that first set showed up, and they are still sitting there. Um, I'm working on willing them into the... <laughs> Into the <laughs> 570. How's that working? But they haven't got there yet. It doesn't yeah, work. It's, it's I tried very the force. slow process. I yeah. tried the force. I know. It just doesn't work. Mental so, training. Yeah, I actually have two helicopters. The 570 and one of the 700s is down at the moment. And no reason other than I just haven't had time. But that's all right. Because it feels really good to have the 500 back. From Justin, I missed it. I, I just, I love that little heli. I don't know what it is about it, but for some odd reason, that helicopter and me just really click. I love how it fits in the car. But, I don't know. When I went down to just, oh, Justin, I'm sure you talked about coming down since I'm a little new to the, yeah. new to the show here. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Man, what a blast. That was everything. That was one of those days. I mean, one of the one of the days that you can probably count in the entire hobby on two hands. That was one of those days for me. I had a blast flying, laughing, joking. You know, it, it was really, really cool to be able to work with Justin, uh, watching him practice for speed and, you know, kind of put our heads together and, 
and do some calling for him and, and really push him. And it's just, it's so cool to, to watch, some, to work with someone side by side, you know, have them try something. I mean, try something completely different that they have very rarely ever tried before. And then by the end of that day, have it end up setting a personal record. That's when you know, like, it's working. <laughs> if you can try a brand new. So it's, it was really cool to be a part of that. And I was just having a hoot flying the 700. I have never, I finally hit that just 110% total comfort level where I was just, I mean, yeah, put some music in and just rocking out and flying and not, not a care in the world. I got in for those of you who follow like on my Facebook page. I got in finally. And, and I mean, I've done them before, but the cleanest and nicest set of Pyro Flips I have, or I mean, um, Pyro TikTok I have ever done. And we got it on video. Yep. It, it just, like I was full rudder, 100% full rudder. Just stirring like a madman, and they just stayed. They started to drift, and then they just stopped and stayed there. And both of us were like, dude, whoa. There was no bogging. The tick was the even amount to the talk. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it, <laughs> you know what no, I mean, no Jesse? Tick ticks. Well, no. <laughs> there were no tick ticks in, in this particular string. <laughs> None well, whatsoever. Nice. When you get to Pyro TikToks, a lot of people do that. They roll over flat, inverted. Yes. You're just hitting a wall. Instead and then of... you go up and hit the vertical wall and fall back down. Yep. So it's like you never get over that equal angle to the tick. And then that's the when you, you have to add in all that extra collective. And, and then you hear fall. a bog. Yeah. yeah. And then and you, you hear, hear a bog. bog. That's right. So if you're they're bogging, that's probably why. And I had them just... I mean, railing to where, uh, I mean, I feel, I do kind of feel bad because I beat the tar out of that poor motor and batteries in the 570. Oh, the 570, yeah. Like we said, that needs a new motor. It that does. That motor need. is not cutting it anymore. And Michael, uh, Michael Ludke sent me that, I think that, is that how you pronounce his last name, Justin? Yeah. yeah he sent me that motor. He had it laying around. It's a. Uh, See, one of the original Scorpion 4025 550s. So it's the 8-pole version. And I maxed it out a lot that day. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's all it had to give. It was toasty. Because it was coming down just smoking hot. And I got to tell you, those freaking, uh, those, uh, the 6, the 12, well, I have it set up as 12S. 12S. 2730C OptiPowers, those have taken punishment. Very impressed. I am not polite to those batteries at all, but they've done, they've done great. It, it flies. It's just such a fun heli to fly, and I, I couldn't, man. I don't know. Couldn't ask for anything more. Good week. I'm ready to, ready to get out this weekend and really pour it on and do it again. Dude, you forgot the uh, the 700 flight where you were. Full collective uh, hurricane. Oh, and you hit the freaking weeds. Oh, that's right. 
So Snohomish. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, so Snohomish has this set of on the North Flight Line. There's tall grass out. I don't know how far you think it is, Justin. That's probably from where we stand, maybe like fifty or sixty feet. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I was having a hurricane day. I don't know why. I just felt like doing them, and I was. Uh, they were abundant in collective. Let's just say that because <laughs> I was in a groove. So they, I just buried the collective on them and. and was just hauling around there and I came around the backside and when you do a hurricane at Snohomish you have to kind of make it go up and then back down it has some inclination to it yeah it's not a flat orbit (laughs) no no it's like a you have to make it be like a gravitron like that ride at the fair that always sketches you out real bad so I was doing those and I I never went back up (laughs) you didn't gravitron enough no, I didn't. And I mean, dude, those were in there. I probably buried about a foot of the disc. Yep. In the tall grass. Ta- tail first at full collective. And I was it like it. You could hear it bog. <laughs> <laughs> and it kicked up a bunch of crap. Yeah, it kicked up a bunch of grass. Man, that was a hoot. And we got, I scared the crap out of myself on that one uh, in the 700 video that I posted on my Facebook page. They were just hauling, and I got one in a little close, and it was really fast. That scared the crap out of me because I was (laughs) filming it, and I'm trying to, like, you know, keep the camera in the right spot, and it comes by, and I I had to, like, step back. (laughs) They They were cooking. It was fun. It was, it was uh, good times. I enjoyed it. Hmm. I don't think I'm missing anything else. Sim? Nah. Bye? Um, yeah, it, I mean, you know, servos, hobby wing, let's see. I feel like that's... Yeah, I feel like that's it. I'm, sell? I'm feeling really... Uh, sell. Yeah, just one set of servos. And traded another. Huh. How about you, Jesse? How was your week? That was a pretty decent week. Um, started off a little bit slow. Like I mentioned last week on the show, I did go camping last weekend, which, man, now after hearing the stories you guys came out of Saturday, freaking bummed. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome day. Should've you were there. invited. You should have put your foot down, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, that you was not tell her, dude. And that not was, in the bottom of the fishing boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I picked the right the right side on that battle. I'm just gonna <laughs> just guess. Survey says I, I'm still married, so I must have picked the right side. <laughs> four now, so, weeks and counting. Yeah, four weeks. Um uh, now so See, one of these days you're slow. gonna figure out that uh the paperwork involved in not being married is pretty extensive. So you've got a little well, more leeway I've, than you think. I think I've heard that I have like, is it 60 days before everything just automatically becomes hers? Like half of all my stuff. I think there's like a 60 day grace period in there uh, from, well, your, from your wedding day. That's whether, I whether think that's legally like that might be the agreement, law, dude. Yeah. You're not. I pity the fool who tries to, yeah. <laughs> to make it actually happen. Okay. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. Anyway, so, you know, a little, little bit of a slow start. I was camping all weekend, ended up getting home. Uh, late afternoon on Sunday and 
did some stuff around the house. Didn't didn't get a chance to make it out to the field last weekend. But this past week, if you remember back to last week, I kept having that weird issue where the EC5 connector came unsoldered. Oh yeah, yeah. The same connector twice, which you know, luckily neither time caused a crash or I didn't even really the first time I just quickly lost power in flight and it came right back, landed, not a big deal. The second time I didn't notice it until I was actually all the way back to the bench and was unplugging the series connector and noticed that well, one of the wires was just hanging there. So got super lucky um, both times on that. So this this last week, you know, I completely cut that entire connector out, both on the series connector side and on the battery. I figured it you know what, for a freaking $8 connector, it's not worth my helicopter crashing. So cut both connectors out and resoldered all new bullets in, um, you know, making sure that I got a nice, good solder joint. And I even went as far as, you know, when you unsolder out the wire, the, the end of the wire is still tinned, but I just mm-hmm. snipped that off as well. I'm like, who knows, yeah. maybe it didn't get good penetration into the wire. At this point, I just wanted to try to take every precaution, um, that I could to make sure that I get that good solid solder joint. So got that all soldered back in during the week. Um, didn't really think I was going to get out to the field. And then today I ended up getting out of work a little bit early, took off at one. And like I mentioned, joined that field that's nice and close to my house. So I was able to run out to Linden for, I was only, I was out there about an hour and a half, got in, uh, eight flights on the 7HV today, and it it was just an awesome day at the field. I think like Justin kind of mentioned, it was a little bit windy here as well. Um, typically, you know, up to 10 is pretty comfortable. Um, it was probably around 15 to 18 miles per hour. That was, that was um, my day as well. Yeah, and the bummer part was it was so clear out and sunny, and it wasn't cold by any means. I was still wearing shorts and a t-shirt, but just that nagging wind and it was super gusty um and it just makes it a, a little bit difficult to work on maneuvers and stuff but overall still a really really successful day at the field and i actually had a question nick kind of mentioned it a little bit how many of you guys listen to music while you're flying just like you know your average head out to the field throwing a set of earbuds or maybe you know play a speaker system from your car or trailer small little boom box plugged into your generator. Do you guys do anything like that? I do. Yeah, I do, do as well. Well, so now I do, but I've I've also learned um that they're what not to do. I went too far. So on that mm-hmm. flight that I did um on the 700 that we got video of, mm-hmm. I had both earphones in. <laughs> and you know, I turned it oh, up a little the auto. I I turned it up a little too loud. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I mean, now when I was flying, I felt a little bit disconnected because I couldn't really hear the heli. I mean, I really like yeah. to be able to hear and listen to the heli. Yep. Uh, but yeah, shooting in auto is even worse because you definitely yeah, can't can hear. That. So I ended up flopping one over. But mm. yeah, so, uh, you know. So you use earbuds and just just normally just one. Now earbud. I'm going to start just using one. And I do notice, man, my... Uh, my my reservation my my nerves um they go away when i listen to music and i think that's because my brain reverts to the sim 
because yes. I always fly on the sim with music every time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that I push my models and myself, my comfort level, I mean, twice yeah. what I would normally do if yeah. I'm out there flying. I fly lower, I fly harder. I just, I don't think about, oh, don't crash. I think about yeah. just, oh, that was lower than you thought, but you still know the stick movement, so just pull it back out and do it again. Yep. So, so I, you know, nor- my normal trip out of the field is I'll have you know, a little Bluetooth speaker or something that'll, or I'll just play it right from my phone, set it in the back of the truck, but it's never really loud enough, you know, once you walk 20, 30 feet up to the flight line and get in the groove and, if you're if you're flying the heli, I don't know, relatively close to the ground or in front of yourself, you're, I'm not going to be able to hear the speaker that's 30, 40 feet behind me. It's just, it's not that powerful of a boombox or speaker that I'm bringing out of the field. So today, I decided, you know what, I'll bring some earbuds out to the field and I'll fix that. I'll make sure I can hear the music. And so I'm flying along and since I was having this issue with the connectors, I didn't want to put both in just because it's like, I really want to be able to hear the helicopter. And if anything does go wrong with losing power, any sort of thing like that, I want to be able to pick up on it right away and give myself the best opportunity to try to make a clean landing and you know minimize the damage, basically, if a connector was to come unsoldered again. Yeah. But I got to say, I have never freaking <laughs> flinched or come so close to hitting the ground so many times in, in like two or three flights. I mean, I'm just flying along. And, Holy crap. Like, just, yeah. You fully just clinch up and like. I'm what? sure if I actually heard the whole sound, it would be like a horrendous bog where you well, just that's... grabbed a handfuls of both sticks. Well, that's the thing because I, I had it up quite loud. So I could still, if if I was listening for it, you could hear the heli. But it wasn't the main thing, you know, what what you were really focusing on. My brain really picked up on the music over the sound of the heli, like, by far. So for most of the flight, sound of the heli was just tuned out. But every so often, you know, you just get in that groove and then all of a sudden I'd kind of check back in with the heli sound. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm I'm killing this thing. (laughs) Yeah, I have to turn my timer down. Like, that's how bad it is. Yeah. I dropped my timer by 30 seconds. But I... And I completely, you know, it clicks with, completely agree with what you're saying. It it does make you relax. It For me, it's the exact same reason, Nick. I always fly the sim with music. So you get that music going during the flight and it you know, makes it more sim-like. So I could really tell the difference today with just kind of kicking back, not worrying about crashing, hitting the ground. Now, I almost did multiple times, but... <laughs> Pulled it, pulled myself together, and <laughs> cleaned my shorts out, and we're moved, you know, moved on <laughs> next flight. So, no, it was a, it was a really fun day at the field, just out there by myself. You know, quick hour and a half stop, just you know, it's nice being ten minutes away from the field now, especially on these quick weekdays where it's like, oh, there's a short little window where I can make it out to the field, quickly throw my stuff up, throw my stuff in the truck. I got to be back home in hour and a half um, to so cook those- dinner. To cook dinner now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for those kind of situations, though, having a field that close is perfect. Now, I still definitely plan on, you know, let's say this weekend heading out to the field, um, going to Bellingham and flying at Public Works and, you know, back to the, the normal spot. But I got to say for the convenience factor during the week and just helping me get in those extra 
few flights uh, when I can during the week when there's just that narrow window of opportunity. It's it's well worth the it's well worth the club fees. And yeah. so well, and it's always good. I mean, yeah, if I ever had the time to get out there, I would love to. It's really well, good to support your local clubs if you can. Yeah, and the other huge thing for me was okay, so Nick, when you know, when you go out to the field, you have the heli trailer, but I typically when I go out to the field, I'm using my tailgate as sort of my bench, you know, set my charging case up there, set my transmitter there after I'm flying, set my helicopter up there when I'm plugging it in. Um, and you really run out of room quite fast, especially with, you know, I just have a little Ford Ranger. Run out of room quite fast on the tailgate. So yeah. another thing out at the field is they have picnic tables set up everywhere. So it's like yeah. you actually have a bench. I can pull all my stuff out of the truck. I can set up my charging case, my field box with all my tools in it. Set both my helis up there and just kind of lay everything out. And you have your own little flying station. Um, and so if you don't have the luxury of either a remembering to bring a table with you or have a table that you can bring with you or have a heli trailer that has all that built in, it's it's quite nice to have a place to kind of unload and spread out your stuff uh, while you're at the field. This is Linden. Yeah. yeah. Is it the same one that I went to a couple of years back? Yep. Yes, but the orientation of the runway has probably changed since you've been there. Yeah. Uh, is but it otherwise speed it's flyable? No. 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 I would say... Only off one side. Yeah, off one side. Because probably would probably 150 <laughs> yards to your right, you have a line of trees. Oh. You'd, you'd rocket that sucker right through the I mean, the you could go over needle. the trees. Is, is how yeah, you're but, flying, but yeah, nah, but not the way he's doing those half Cuban eights. No, that's now. true. That's you true. wouldn't. You really wouldn't know that you were going to hit so, him until it disappeared. You would ease. I mean, you could give yourself another seventy-five yards just by walking all the way down to the western end. But yeah, you're you're still getting pretty close to the trees. Yeah, but it was cool how Snohomish worked out. Yeah, Justin walked it out, and the field was exactly uh, two hundred feet long, two hundred oh, meters, perfect. or two hundred meters. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. dead on. Hmm. So. Yep. Well, that that really gives you yeah a good gauge. Yeah, it's very very useful. Nice. So, yeah. Other than that, just solid day at the field. Looking forward to this weekend. The weather is looking awesome. Such an abnormal June for us around here. Just weather's well, been crazy um so yeah just looking forward to getting in some more fly and all the helis are ready to rock nice hey nick those custom charging cases you've been putting together lately are awesome but what would i do if i thought that was all a little bit too far over my head Ah, man, I got you. You're going to want to head over to Progressive RC and check out their charging case combos. These bad boys are ready to go right out of the box. And if you change your mind and end up feeling a little bit adventurous, Progressive also has all the accessories needed to build one yourself. Sweet, man. I'm going to head over to www.progressiverc.com today to check out my options. I guess that leaves me. It does. Well, no flying this week. None. No fly. <laughs> I, uh, it was a good week, though. I had a good week. 
I need a new SC. Uh, SC. I need SC. a new ENT. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily need a new one. Uh, so, back to this whole BEC witchcraft bullshit. Oh, here we go again. Oh, <laughs> witchcraft. So, I went Black to... I went to make that change to the negative side, right? Because I guess that's all important, apparently. Well, I mentioned also, too, that I had shortened every lead, including the ESC leads. So I made it damn near impossible. I guess it's possible, but I'm really struggling because I only left myself a very little amount of negative ESC lead. And after three failed solder attempts because of the lack of room, I'm down to such a small lead that I probably need to get it replaced. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Yeah. yeah. What? We'll just leave walk, it at that, Walk Justin. us through this. How does this well, make I, him I'm do not, that? I don't understand. <laughs> I've been there, so don't make him do that. I just cut everything nice. And it, if it had I wired it right to begin with, it'd, been, it'd, be, it'd be perfect. ESC leads are right there. The battery leads are right there. No slopping, no bouncing around. Yep. Well, when you go to, you know, redo all that and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to manipulate a teeny little short negative lead off of your ESC to put it into a teeny little EC5 and trying to get in a, you know, another, you know, 14 gauge BC lead in there. Right. You know. Like that sucks. I gotta I gotta cut and start over. Well, eventually you get to the point where there's just not any more room to cut. <laughs> so why so don't what you just solder it? on an extension? That means I'd have to take the dude. Electricity is witchcraft. I don't want to have to take the ESC apart. Oh, you mean you? Li- yeah, it's flush with so the you, case. you like? No, it's not flush <laughs> with the case, but it's so damn close. It's like, it's like okay. inside the heat sink. <laughs> <laughs> What brand is it? Castle. Well, you know what's cool? They are awesome. Yeah. About doing I'm going to send it back and have them put new leads on. They're they're really cool. So, yeah. We got that going for us. So, Jack uh, and his son, Ryan, from up in Kalispell Way, are coming down tomorrow to fly. Oh, nice, dude. And I have no flying helis. What? As of right now. <laughs> what? Not even the E700? No, I haven't finished it yet. Oh. oh what about the Nitro? Man. The Nitro still has the castle, or the, the castle, still has the... Uh, <laughs> you have a castle the on there. <laughs> the the skuckum on it. You can fly it, though. Yeah, yeah I'm dude. not going to fly it, because when I plug it into the USB, it resets, and I don't want something to jiggle while I'm... Well, then don't you know, plug it into the, the, the USB. <laughs> I would not fly it with the USB plugged in. I, I would agree with you, but something tells <laughs> yeah, me that there's an I mean, issue that I should just not ignore. Yeah, and replace you it. You gonna send it in? Get it fixed? They'll fix it. Well, for I you. bought a another icon. Yeah, but you can still send it in and get it fixed. I mean, don't just junk it, dude. They're really good about doing repairs. Yeah, I, I might do that. I might. Oh, he also might sacrifice it. So I got a uh, aluminum cased uh, icon. Oh, no. Nice. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that, Jack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tomorrow, uh, I did bring my nitro home. 
And all I have to do is put the new Skookum on, or the new uh, icon on. Jesus Christ, get it straight, Dan. I got to put the new icon on, which is not a big deal. So I'll be flying the Nitro tomorrow. Good. Now, what is the whole aluminum case icon? Is that just a bling thing? Or are there any other improvements? I don't know. It's an icon with an aluminum case, man. I think it's just the case. Does it actually work after you crash it? I don't know. You want me to tell you after tomorrow? (laughs) Sure, sure, if that's part of your plan. (laughs) No, because then you'll be back to zero. I did. You got to get your butt in gear. I did learn two life lessons that really aren't heli related, but I thought I'd share them with you guys anyway. Um, the first life lesson is when you get an envelope, Never push a fart after Chinese food. <laughs> when you, jeez, <laughs> that's a very, that's, that's a good one too. But, <laughs> when you get, an, when you get an envelope, when you get a piece of mail that says jury summons on it, your best bet is to not ignore that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll just leave that at that. What? Yeah. Yeah, don't ignore the jury summons letters. They don't magically disappear if you don't open them. And they still expect you to show up. That's just a life lesson, Nick. Just just take it for what it's worth. <laughs> so what uh, I take from this is that Dan was Dan was at work doing the multi-rotor thing. And the cops came in and hauled his ass to court so he could sit on a jury. No, they did call me, however. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Second life lesson. Don't ever, no matter how right you think you are, don't ever, ever call a local talk radio program on your commute to work. Don't ever do it. And here's why. I feel like this is a whole string of bad decisions. Here's why. Because it doesn't matter how right you are. You see, they've got the microphone and they've got the mute button, right? So they will do whatever it takes to make you look like an asshole. (laughs) If you're, especially if you're right. So that's another little life lesson. Don't do that either. Well, now that one I need more info yeah, on because I'm going to go and find this after we're done recording. It had to be. Oh, you know what? I bet it is. on. Either, they do a podcast of this radio show. Yeah, dude. What is it? What happened? Uh, it's called. Uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, I don't know. Something silly like. I don't, I don't know. It's, a, it's a, The radio station is uh, 1290 KVGO. Missoula, Montana. What compelled you to call? <laughs> <laughs> they had it's only two things: politics or gaming. It's politics. Yeah. I okay. Knew it. All right. All right. So, you know, we don't really talk politics here, but they had some woman on there that that was going off. She was some. She's like a state senator or some shit like that, right? She's going off on how absolutely outrageous and immoral and yada, 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 and how offended she was that states are are expecting people who receive welfare to be drug tested. Ah, yes. And so I just called <laughs> and I simply said, uh, why is it so offensive if I have to be drug tested to receive a paycheck that people who aren't working need to be drug tested to, reserve a paycheck, to receive a paycheck? 
Why do I feel like you didn't say it that way? I didn't really say it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was probably the, one of the nicest things I've ever heard uh-huh. you say. So she right said, ever. I will tell you this, and I, we, won't, we won't dwell on this. It's just she, she just went off about how she's offended that people think that way. And I said, well, I'm offended. Uh, I'm offended that you feel like I should pay for every social program in taxes that you just, it just, where's the money coming from? I'm offended that you think we as taxpayers should pay for that. And on once on again, on. I feel like that's not quite probably how you said, I didn't swear, you know, I'm too I have a much tendency to be able to come off a little condescending on, on occasion. It happens. <laughs> I'm not going to, not going to deny that, but anyway, a little rash, little crass. <laughs> so, uh, you know, another, it's again, it's, 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 I got to tell you, I'm excited about something. And, uh, you know, I finally was able to let someone see, kind of peek into my world, what I've been doing at work finally. And that someone is Nick. Nick got to kind of got to take a look at what, what we're doing. And I'm excited about it. It was nice to finally get somebody else's viewpoint. And for those of you who are going to go to Dieter's Funfly next week, I will be bringing a prototype uh there as well so it, it may or may not be flying but nonetheless you'll get to see what it's all about it's kind of exciting stuff so it was a good week had a good week busy busy let me out of the closet coming out of the closet yeah you know i was gonna do everything i possibly could to stay away from the those that shall not be named in public and here here i come and help and it's just like ta-da! <laughs> i have not. a ride yeah, no, it's a very, very exciting, very exciting project. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, you know, I, I honestly think that uh, it's going to kind of change the way people look at multi-rotors. It's, it's pretty neat stuff. So for those of you who are going to be at Dieter's, you'll get a chance to see an early prototype of that. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's exciting stuff. So it was a good week. That, that's pretty much what my... <laughs> Last three weeks have just been absolutely consumed by, but, uh, so not a lot of time to fly. I'm definitely taking advantage of the weekends when I can, and I'm really looking forward to hanging out with Jack and Ryan tomorrow. Uh, Fred's going to come fly. I don't know who else is going to be there, but we're going to make a day of it. And then we're going to probably go out to dinner and, uh, you know, talk heli. (laughs) I keep thinking, hey, Fred, yeah. So what am I going to crash yours today? Yeah, exactly. another plank. <laughs> what am I crashing today? I don't. I guess I'll get to find out if he got his plank flying again. I'm guessing he did. He, you know, he had to take it home and take the motor apart and enough glue flush out the fix those the motor. Yeah, that's the good part. <laughs> well, there was about a half a pound of mud in it. That, that, that was a little problematic. I think. That is the worst thing to deal with in a crash is mud. Yeah. I hate it, man. And you have a tendency to like to hit mud. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting stuff. there's only one patch of mud in the entire damn field, I'll hit it. (laughs) So, no fly, but I did buy. So, that keeps me in the good graces of the heli people, right? Right. And uh, definitely going to get some flying in tomorrow. Even if if for some unknown strange reason I don't get the nitro going, I am going to fly some of Jack's shit. (laughs) <laughs> he owes me he doesn't know it yet but you are gonna it's happening he owes me because he took that 
icon yeah, right out from underneath me last yeah. week. He jacked the icon last week. That's right. He jacked it. Jack <laughs> Pun intended. I'll be sure to crash that helicopter if he's got it on one. That one needs to crash. <laughs> then you'd have to buy him one. Nah. It's not, it's not how we roll around here. I, apparently, I get to crash people's shit. I didn't have to pay anything for Fred's. Wish we would have known that all along. Yeah, no kidding, right? So that sums up my week, guys. What do you think? Wow. Thanks for the support. Yeah. No, I'm, I was <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. That's a good good round. I didn't hear Justin's, but I, I know you what You experienced he did, it. So I did experience yeah. it. The Justin experience. And there's video. There is video. There is video <laughs> and a ringtone. And there's two sets of video, and one apparently is a for pay site. That we're one's getting making you money. Yeah. That's right. Got to pay the bills. Pay the- yes. Do we have any news this week? Yeah. Do we really? Well, I, I've you- got some news. Okay. Okay, good. Shopping online for heli parts. Two most important considerations we look for are selection and customer service. LowerHeli.com not only has the selection you need to get your helis back in the air, Ken also prides himself on having the best customer service in the business. I recently made a purchase with Ken at LowerHeli.com, was anxiously awaiting the arrival of some new heli tools. When it didn't show up, I gave Ken a call without hesitation. He was willing to send me another package, even though the tracking confirmed delivery. I told Ken to hold off for a day or two, and sure enough, the post office found my package and got it to me. This just goes to show LowerHeli.com is willing to go the extra mile for you. If you want great selection and excellent customer service, www.LowerHeli.com. That's where you'll find it. Guys, this week's news is brought to you by uh, us. How's that grab you? All right. What you got, Justin? All right. Well, not surprisingly, I've got speed news. I was hoping you guys were actually going to bring some non-speed news to the table. Because I'll make some shit up, dude. I'll wait. I, you know, that's good, dude. Make yeah, it up. I'll wait for you to get done. We'll come up with something. Last weekend was the annual Poding Speed Cup, which is in Germany, held in Germany. And it's sort of a weird event because they don't do the standard FAI course like uh, Urcha Speed Cup does. So, you know, for those who don't know, the standard speed course is a 200 meter long course. You got to be flat all the way through it. And there's a 100 meter pre-stage on either side that you have to be you have to enter into the 200 meter course flat. Uh, So that means you basically have to be flat for a certain portion in the in the pre-stage as well. The Poding Speed Cup doesn't have pre-stages. It has a single 100-meter trap, and uh, it takes max speeds and averages, but the maxes are the ones that they list for the winners, which is, I I mean, it's a little weird because you can get really high max speeds, and the run may not necessarily be your best. These guys are the the top in the world, so uh, I think they deserve the respect either way. So first place was Robert Sixth uh, of Team Henselet with 307 kilometers an hour. And that was a 
a, that was a classic TDR in an aftermarket carbon fiber fuselage. So that's not even like anything, anything new and crazy. Uh, number two was Miles Dunkel at 295 kilometers an hour with the Diablo speed. Uh, and then now this one I still don't quite understand, but Robert sixth tied Miles for second, even though he won uh, with a TDR two with the new TDR two at 295. And then third place was Frank Strupp, also of Team Minicopter, at 290 with a Diablo speed. So pretty damn big numbers. And if you look at their averages, they're still up in the, you know, between the 270s and the 280s uh, on a 100-meter run, which is, that's some serious business. But I, I think it's impressive that the old-school TDR ended up winning either way. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. Uh, the other news that I have is just a quick uh, update on the 2015 Urcha Speed Cup pre-registrations open on flight deck now, so you guys can go and do that. Uh, you can also go and be frustrated when you do it because whoever set it up uh, mm, made some mistakes. I'll just leave it at that. But... In a nutshell, if you want to register for multiple classes, please just PM me or email me and I will put your name down on the list for the classes that you want. Basically pay for whatever class, you know, one of the classes you're registering for. It won't let you register for a second one and then I will have to keep it manually. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I sense you sound things. excited about that, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Is that it? Yeah, those are the only two news bits I've got, man. You got to start yeah. making shit I'm up. I'm going to make something up. It's not really news, but it's kind of funny. And it's not even really heli related. Well, kind of heli related. Like, haha, funny? No, or I think it's pretty damn funny. So, uh, you guys, Danny Zabel, you guys know him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Post on Facebook, does a lot of hashtag stuff, right? Okay. So a couple days ago, I, I just, I, I don't know why I took notice of this, but he posts a short video. He bought a new, uh, I don't know if it's new, uh, new to him anyway, Ford diesel, right? Mm -hmm. And he's all stoked, rolling coal, hashtag rolling coal, you know, and doing a floor. Oh God, yeah. And then like four hours later or the next day going to, I don't know, camping. And then like three hours later, picture of the truck on the side of the road with the hood up. Fuck Ford. Hashtag fuck Ford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, that's funny shit. That's awesome. But as far as news, uh, no, I don't. I guess, you know, you got any, let's make something up. What, uh, where should we start with that? Got any rumors? We love rumors. Any rumors? Anybody? Should we, make some, should we start here. some? Well, Justin, so, I, no, hey, I have, I, I found a legit one, okay? Oh. It appears as though, and I, I can't confirm this 100%, but it appears as though Hattori is going out of business. Oh, yeah, I saw oh. that. Oh. No. Yep. Damn, yep. that sucks. Yep. I, I see RC Japan. 
As thing up, says Dory is going out of business and soon all items will be discontinued. <laughs> Many items available. There's good news. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick up a couple more pipes. That's what I was just going to say. Jeez. Yeah, get them while they're hot. God, what are we going to go to, man? What you... No, Hisori's. What's next? I We'll just have to fix them, Dan. <laughs> Build our own. <laughs> Build I don't even yeah, know what I... Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't know. Can I we had, still get that Funtech pipe? That was a pretty good pipe. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. That one went... Um, Can't remember the number, but it was that two-piece pipe. Yeah, it wasn't with the little header plate. Yeah. Or no, which one? I had the one... The, the header the, plate... The, the 395, right? Or is it the 320? I can never remember the right number. I had the, the two-piece one. I kind of liked it. It was the two-piece that had the... The little red anodized clips. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Yeah. The one that fell off? Uh, The one that came loose and fell off. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> I remember this because you couldn't find the, the rubber bushing thing, so you filled it full of freaking high-temp silicone. And it worked for a while. Oh, dude, <laughs> nice. seriously? Like, you smooched the entire thing full of silicone and let it set. It worked. And it worked awesome. until I was able to find a replacement. Yeah, no, I had the one piece with the little header plate. Um, and I think I had bought the one for the 120. Actually, the YS120. And then uh, ported the header plate on it. And it wasn't bad at all. Little dude man from Ninja Raps has it now. I mean, it it didn't sound as good as a Hattori, but it made really good power. Yeah, I got the Hattori for the 120 on my YS. Uh, on your Turek motor? Yeah. Mm. That's a good combo. Yeah. I mean, really good combo. I'm no good at remembering part numbers. It's the Hattori for the 120. I have no idea what the hell it's called. Yeah, I don't remember either. SB23 or something 20. Like that, yeah. know, something like that. But, so, okay, that's legitimate news. That one we actually didn't have to make up. No. Well, if we have to make up news, we should probably just move along. Yeah. Alrighty, not even worth really doing an outro, I suppose. (laughs) Nah, nah, news is over. Do you wish there was a fly barless system that could make you throw down like a pro? Well, now there is. The Spartan Vortex Fly Barless System is offering some of the most advanced features seen on the market today, making sure that you'll be flying like a pro in no time. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your Vortex Fly Barless System today. Results may vary based on pitch, response time, age, head speed, brand of heli, time of the year, crash budget, number of friends cheering you on, size of helicopter, temperature, wind, servos, weight of heli, willingness to take risks. Contact your favorite hobby shop about getting your Spartan fly barless system today. For more information, check out www.bkdesignsllc.com. Let's see who I want to ask this one to. Who crashes the most between you guys? It's not not really Jesse, isn't it? It's Justin, isn't it? No, I think no, it's, it's a pretty decent mix between Justin and Nick. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 All right, well, then this one's for Justin. Justin, have you ever repaired a... Uh, have you ever crashed your canopy to the point where you thought you could repair it? Yeah. And have you? Yeah. Tell us how you did that. 
Canopy Repair, huh? Canopy Repair. Oh, the fiberglass guru. Okay, so there there's a there's a whole art to this if you're willing to actually do it. Now, my canopy repairs uh, range from anything uh, as simple as like a sticker. Okay, because like I'll take you back about a month to Othello. I had my 770 canopy. It was on my chair. I sat on it. Right. Didn't even crash the damn thing. (laughs) I sat on it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Fucked it all up. And. It wasn't so bad, though, that I had to do anything crazy. So what did I do? I went and got the box of stickers and I I strategically placed appropriately sized stickers over all of the cracks and holes in the paint. That's the easiest way to repair a canopy. However, if uh, if you actually want to make a structural repair, Uh, The best way that I find to do it is actually to mix up a little bit of epoxy. Uh, I use 30 minute and get some lightweight fiberglass. Uh, You know, you you can get fiberglass at hobby shops that range in weight uh, from between, you know, one and three ounces per square yard. That's perfectly fine. And you basically just cut out a square or a circle uh, that's going to fit over the the break or the crack or the hole whichever it is with some margin and you lay that down with some epoxy and get it all smoothed over and pat it with uh with some paper towels so that you can soak up the excess epoxy and you're good to go let it dry uh and if it's on you got to do that from the inside dan because if you do it on the outside obviously it's going to be a mess uh, and you're it's not going to look nice because it'll be over the paint, but that'll give you the structure back. And then when you have to deal with the aesthetics like the cracks or even a hole, holes in the paint, you can use stickers. Very effective. Or if it's black, you can use Sharpie. You can. Yeah, yeah that's I a good have point. Done that before you can use um, Sharpie or it, it usually takes a couple, you know, Sharpie it in won't be quite dark enough. You know, two or three times, sharpie it and let it dry. And I've had it be pretty seamless. You know, if you have a little piece of paint flake off on a black area. Mm-hmm. Or you can use epoxy to do it too, polish. Jesse. Mm-hmm. You can dye the epoxy. I mean, most most hobby shops will have uh, epoxy dyes, get black or white or, you know, yep. whatever the color is. And it works great. Yep. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't dude. even know that existed. Absolutely. That's the anti-planker in me speaking. <laughs> Have you ever repaired a canopy, Dan? Oh, yeah. All the time. How do I you do it? I don't know if I do it right. Um, I've done the the napkin trick with CA. Yes. Oh, that okay. works. So okay. just, to, just I'll, I'll quickly go over. It's pretty basic and simple. Uh, crude. It works. You just simply lay a piece of napkin over the hole, douse it with the uh, thin CA, put a you know put another layer over, <laughs> keep doing until you're satisfied with the thickness, and let it sit. Well, you know it, it sounds funny, but that is no different than what I just described with the epoxy and fiberglass. You're yeah. just using well, a different material. Well, I, I think we may have mentioned this on the show 
you know briefly before, but who was it that brought up the dryer sheets? Oh, that's the dryer uh, sheets. I in do epoxy. remember that one, Jesse. I, I feel like we've talked about this very, very briefly. Those but, things yeah. are tougher. But yeah, you oh, can't dude, they are hardcore. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I someone I don't remember who it was, but they said they used dryer sheets to fix their canopies. So is it pre-dried or post? <laughs> and do you get scented or unscented? Yeah. Scented, yeah. dude. Because they feel completely different. Yeah, I would Spring think post dry. Because it's more like a. It's got like you know, a goop in there. I would the do post dry. Out of it. Post dry. More like all a rag right. or like a. Post dry. Like, God, I got to fix my canopy. Shit, and I got to do, do laundry. laundry. <laughs> yep. This is a lose lose. I actually started uh, one day I was uh, at the field and one of the old plankers I was talking to him about, I needed to do some fiberglass repair. And he happened to have a sheet of. Uh, fiber, just the fiberglass, you know, just the raw fiberglass that's like a fabric. Kind of like you were talking about, Justin, and then just mm-hmm. epoxying it. I've never worried about dyeing it, because frankly, it's a crash canopy, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah. for some structural integrity. I mean, more often than not, when you do damage the canopy, you don't, I mean, there's not a huge hole in the side of it. If there was, I'm not sure I would bother with repairing it personally. But like the one I sat on, it, you know, it made a big six inch crack and at the edge of the crack where it rounded the curve, like by the nose, it popped like a dime size piece of paint off and, mm-hmm. and gel coat. And so now or you my- can see the base fabric of the canopy mold or of the canopy fiberglass exposed. And it's not all that structural. It's kind of squishy. So I just then go and patch that up internally. Yeah, that's what I need to do with uh, my 700 canopy that I got that just won't die. The one that was involved in the, like the the trioblin blade stop and all the other fun crashes I've had. That one I still keep flying it. It's my practice canopy, but all around the bottom where it slides in the skids, it's getting really soft. I mean, there's yep. not much paint left down uh, there. Yep. So I I, I mean, I've always got CA. That stinking napkin trick works surprisingly mm-hmm. well. I I apply probably a little more than the average person. I just kind of two bottles down. later. <laughs> I was flying. <laughs> yeah. I got no time to do coats. <laughs> the sad part is, is I've actually overdone. I've overdone the CA and CA it to my workbench. <laughs> oh. Well, that definitely doesn't help to preserve the paint job. No, not at all. No, it's uh, you got to be careful because that shit just, I don't know if you, God, thin CA, it's like, sometimes you can't see it coming out, but it is. So you end up with way more than you anticipated. And that shit just goes everywhere. Accelerator. It's like the the wicking king of the world. Doesn't accelerator lessen the integrity of the CA? Yeah, a little bit, but we're not talking about holding the airframe together. I refuse to use anything that will lessen the integrity of my CA. Okay, well, <laughs> then you're going to keep Even gluing slightly. shit to the to the bench. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Better than to He's like, your nose. That's the best freaking looking bench I have. It's a canopy glued to Bits the Bits and pieces of, of canopy all over the damn place. <laughs> There's a little bit of a line. There's some yeah. compass. Yeah, oh, there's a two millimeter driver. I've done that. And Justin, yeah, I, I don't want to hear no shit I, out of you. I've seen your work, Matt. I have CA 
tools to the workbench. Well, yeah, and that's why I'm telling him about accelerator because uh, I have many I have lessons some accelerator. learned with adhesive. Every time I use it, I end up sn- sniffing it, getting high off it. It smells really good. It does. Mm-hmm. The accelerator I use smells like shit. No, this is. Well, you, need to, you need to stop using whatever you're using for accelerator and buy some actual accelerator. Hmm. 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 So technical bit of information. You didn't like that one. I got a bit of a confession to make, and this, I just this is gonna suck to have to admit to this. Wait, is this the appropriate show for? Yeah, that? it is. Okay. So typically, guys, we keep show notes on what we're gonna talk about. And we keep that on a shared drive for all of us to see. Well, a shared drive requires a password. <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? And I knew that we were going to talk about canopy repair. But, but after this, you got nothing. I don't know you what were we're going to talk someone about. Someone else was going to pick up where you left off. <laughs> and I got you great. all set up. I know. And here's the deal. I actually have a, an explanation for that, Nick. So. Nick got me all set up on pat one password, which I love, right? But here's the Works deal. So well. I was at work the other day and I needed to get into the Google Drive. And I didn't know the password. So I had to change it. Oh, so now the one password has the bitten. wrong password in it. You dicked with the change. Uh, so you wait, so you just changed it at work and you can't remember it already. Yeah, this was like four days ago, Jesse. Oh, good point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. Wow. I'm old, dude. Get off my back. All right, Okay, Dan. so Dan's got nothing, but we're going to move on. That would with, be good. Uh, yeah. With yeah, the so show. That would be the next topic that we would talk about. Well, <laughs> if you haven't already noticed, Jesse, the topic du jour uh, is modifications. Yes. Yes. Of the customizing type. Of the customizational fashion. Yeah. And I so we it. just talked about canopy repair. What about canopy vent holes, Dan? You ever put a vent hole in your canopy? I don't think uh, you need and, vent holes for hovering. Yeah? Yeah, that's just a conclusion that I've come to. <laughs> you just Once you cut, get cut a hole out of the pumps. top of the canopy I can't tell so you that this. all the air comes down from the disc you, while you're you hovering. You glue it to your bench and then tear it off. You have <laughs> 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 Let me tell you this. I do have some canopies with vent holes. <laughs> they were all They mine. were all Nick's at one point. Right. Nick made them. Other than that, I do not cut into my canopies. Is that a personal thing or a religious just, thing? Or? It's a bit of both. Okay. But no, I, I just, I've never had, well, the JR, for example, has a vent hole for the motor. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't need one on my nitro. Uh, the elite, the, I don't know, dude. That receiver pack gets pretty toasty. Shut up. <laughs> the Elise had one. I've just, I've never had one that I needed to cut one into. Okay. All right, what about you, Jesse? Well, I have had a vent hole in the 7HV, but didn't cut it. Nick cut it. <laughs> what How the did hell I, is I cut this? Yours. <laughs> what is going on here? I know, right? You never yeah. know what I get my nibblings into everywhere. I know. It was, it was when I was having all those issues in Montana, and the ESC kept shutting down. Oh, it was and hot. we're like, forget this. We're cutting some vent holes. Yeah, so we did both of them out. Yeah, ev- yeah, like all around every heli, like <laughs> vent holes. Here we go. <laughs> and so, um, I, I have had vent holes, but much like Dan just mentioned, you know, with the 
Don't need it in the N7. The Kronos has vent holes for the motor um, built into the canopy. Now, I, I can foresee uh, maybe down the line if I don't choose to go the fan route, or maybe even if I do install a fan, um, I could see putting a couple a little bit lower down on the canopy to get the ESC a little bit better airflow. Um, although I have not had any overheating issues yet. Um, and so I'd imagine, you know, we've had some pretty nice weather here lately. If it hasn't overheated on these 80 degree plus days, I'll probably be all right. But at the first sign of ESC temperature issues, um, there may be some vent holes coming on the Kronos canopy just a little bit lower down to get some better airflow. Wow. So not okay. A whole, not a whole lot. So, so Nick, this is kind of like all us, dude. Yeah, because I cut the tar out of mine. I do too. Because <laughs> I'm always getting mine hot. And I just, I I am of the belief that you can't cool your electronics too much. So I'd rather put some vent holes in there, give them some extra flow, and just guarantee myself that I'm not going to run into an issue regardless of weather, you know. Well, and yeah. let's face it, like, it, it's also a function of the heli and its design. And... While I love goblins, they, in general, uh, did not take airflow into consideration when designing the, the canopy and the ESC mounts. No, so, that the hole on the bottom doesn't do much. And I the way I run my ESCs, like, you know, they, they did really good with a 570 because you can flip it over and, and you know, use... Uh, thermal epoxy or whatever and glue it down to the aluminum plate works great but like on the 700s now i actually take and i'm running a fan on mine facing down and then i cut a hole in the carbon fiber like the little esc mount guard thing and then i've actually gotten to the point where i'm trimming holes in the bottom of the canopy just right where the fan is those old scorpion fans those things move some air and it's, I mean, like when we were flying out there, it's probably, a you know, a real solid 30 degrees, 30 to 35 degrees difference in ESC temperature. Oh, That's wow. big. F. Yeah, it's That's huge. Big. Yeah, F. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a big difference. I do want to, though, after seeing Justin's fancy little NACA ducks, I think that that's the direction I'm going to go. Like, I'm going to start doing that to my canopies. I have no need to do that. Like, <laughs> a regular old vent hole would suffice. Mm-hmm. But they just look really cool. They do look cool. And, it, and, it, and they serve a purpose if you're at, at a high enough speed. I mean, the reason I do it on the speed helis is because the Nakaduck was originally designed for aircraft uh, to minimize the drag uh, that it uh, that it causes from having a hole in an otherwise aerodynamic body, but still allows uh, a load of air uh, into the airframe or into the fuselage to get things cooled down. And you can flip them around and put them backwards on the backside of the canopy or heli and use them as a venturi actually to pull all of the hot air out. As an yeah, I usually fly faster backwards than I do forward. Well, then you just, you got to orient your NACA ducts in the correct position. 
Yeah, the only... I mean, I hate buying those fancy ones. I never get my canopy painted. So then they kind of, you know, they stick out. They're, mm-hmm. they're, it's obvious they're there. I did notice that Hobby King has some. Like a little, they're plastic. Yep. I know they're not near as nice. But, you know, they're kind of like a clear plastic. Almost like the material that you, that you know, you buy a brand new pair of scissors and it's in one of those plastic yeah, it's things like, that you can't get open without the damn scissors or like that an stuff. rc car body it's like lexan yeah or polycarbonate or something yeah but that'll work yeah. perfectly fine dude and it might not look as ugly if it's clear if you clean up the edges of mm-hmm. the canopy and you know maybe even you could shoot the back side of it scuff it up and shoot the back side um to get some color to it you know get it at least close enough so i, I might give those a shot but i'm not scared I'll cut me some canopies any day. Well, the other thing I didn't mention was most of the time I don't fly with the canopy on. Nah, that's well, very that's true. the ultimate I'm vent the hole. Opt- yeah, I'm <laughs> so. getting the ultimate vent. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> beat that with your knack of ducks. <laughs> After I have Mexican food, I have the ultimate vent hole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was uncalled for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so's half my life. Um All right. Let's yeah, let's move let's move down the line. We are so we got canopies covered. Now this one, oh yeah, I get this one because I have been doing this since the beginning of flying. I'd like to talk about skids. And, you know, what can we do to modify skids? Justin, I'm going to let you take um, the complete revamp of them because I know you've been doing a lot of it lately. But something that I have done since I started in this hobby was shimming the skids. And what I mean by that is shimming the rear skid, taking some sort of material, um, your standard skid bolts, you know, with two bolts going straight up, into a you know frame brace or whatever taking some sort of material removing those bolts drilling the bolt holes the same and then bolting it all back up in there and the reason for that is to get the tail up off the ground i've always flown in non perfectly flat (laughs) spots and i love having the tail up off the ground i'm never worried about banging the front of the blade disc on the ground but you know you come in for an auto ended up wobbling around a little bit and hit a clump of grass. And it just seemed like I was always wiping out tail blades and tail gears on something that really shouldn't have been that bad. So I do that. Um, Not as much anymore. um, But when I was learning, oh, man, no question. Or even if you're going to really go out and start pushing autos and your airframe, uh, can you can do that to your airframe, highly recommend it. Well, and one of the other things to point out is you said to use a random piece of material, but if you have an old crashed skid that's <laughs> off the helicopter, yeah. that happens to work quite nicely. <laughs> yes, it does. And Throw then, a little hacksaw action on it. And- yep. Bolt holes line up, everything, you know, just bolts right in there. Gives you a little bit of extra clearance. I got to say, it's been, you know, this is something I used to do as well, but not as often recently because both the Kronos and the Warp have this built right into it. It has a stance built into the skid or into the frame and the skid design where it just picks the tail way up out of the grass. 
And yeah. so this that's something I definitely used to do, but not as much anymore. I used to do that as well. Uh, I haven't, I think almost every heli up until this Forza, I'd done that too. And you the know, Forza's I actually got a stance though, doesn't it, Dan? Yeah, yeah it's kind of, it's, yeah, but it's low. It's really low. And I yeah. think, uh, I actually, I, that's one that I'd completely forgotten about because it, I just, so I think I'm going to do that actually. Uh, cause I do it on the Align Nitro. I did it on the, on the Rush and, um, don't know yet if I need to do it on the on the E seven hundred. It's not not ready yet, but uh, it feels like it's got a pretty nose down stance, doesn't it, Nick? Yes. Yeah. Probably won't need to do it to that one, but that's a good one and another good kind of trick too, a trick tip, whatever for especially for newer guys if you're just starting. And we did this with Ed is like if you're starting on like a five hundred, we we put six hundred skids on it. Yeah, you could do that too. It, it gave him a lot of confidence because it really lifted the helicopter. It did, did two things. lifts it up nicely. It also gave him confidence for landing because it's a nice yep. wide stance. Yeah, a lot broader of a I base. I think we did. Jesse, did you ever put 500 skids on? Yeah, on a 450. Yeah. Yep, I yep. did that too. I did the exact same thing. And even though it's like you probably don't need it, it's just that extra, you know, it's in the back of your mind. Yeah, when you're, yeah when you're it, first it, starting out. <laughs> yeah, it feels better. Confidence boost. Yep, you bet. And that's why, man, four fifties is the reason I started shimming my skids. I mean, the sole reason tubes. damn things. Yeah, four fifty pro. I, I oh. think back to the JR Vibe fifty days. <laughs> I might have saved myself quite a few dollars and time had I known about that particular mod. Yeah, because it. You know, half the time it seemed like for me, it wasn't my fault. Like I, I would hit throttle hold and I would land in a really Sh- like shitty nice area. and level, yeah. but it just happened to be a clump. Yep. You know, sticking up. Yep. So let's move on. We've covered skids. We've covered canopies. Uh, oh no, sorry, Justin. Yeah, dude. Take us through your skid routine because you have been very creative as of late yeah so well first i want to comment on the previous bit of skid discussion i you know nick and i have been hanging out doing heli stuff now for pretty pretty much about five years four and a half five years and he's been doing this to his helis since i've known him and it's i've never bothered and you know what i got a horrible reason for not bothering And it's because I hated the way it made it look. I liked the really aggressive sort of nose down stance, but I didn't like that when I looked at the back of it, there was a big old chunk of skid stuck in between the airframe and the normal skids. So, you know, I mean, it's it's to each his own, but I absolutely agree with everything that you guys said. It's definitely a modification that is worth a beginner or, or even an intermediate, like you said, Nick, if you're starting to work autos, uh, because mm-hmm. it will save you big time if you're running torque tubes. That said, what I have been messing with in the last six months or a year has been on the speed side of things, different uh, versions of custom skids. Uh, you know, by now you guys know I messed a lot with the custom fiberglass fuselage on the Goblin Speed 
And so I came up with some wire skids for that. And then more recently on the TDR, in an effort to shave weight and make it a little bit more aerodynamic, I came up with a couple of different versions of custom skids for it. Uh, first one, well, the, the two main types you're going to see are carbon fiber uh, plates or wires. Um, I like the wires a lot because they shave the most weight. And I actually think they look kind of cool because when you're flying, you can't see them all that well. And basically what I do there is go, you know, you can go to Home Depot, you get a, uh, a 316th inch diameter steel rod. Uh, and you can get them in one, three and six foot sizes, bring it home, bust out the Dremel. And then depending on what, you know, size of your heli you have and how you're going to set it up on the airframe, it's usually like an eight to 10 inch length. And then I get a, uh, a, a wooden dowel that's like an inch and a half to two inches or more in diameter, whatever the diameter is that I want the loop to be. And I hammer it around that dowel. And then from there, make modifications to the ends, depending on how you want to interface. So you can do tabs where they bend up and flatten. I'll, I'll you know, heat it up with a torch and hammer it flat and then drill through it. Or I have done uh, threading the ends uh, so that one side can thread into, say, like a frame stiffener. And then the other side uh, just clips on or pokes through a hole in the carbon fiber. There are all sorts of different ways that you can do it. Uh, on the carbon fiber plates, it really doesn't bear much explanation because if you can think up what shape and how to mount it, then you can pretty much do whatever you want with a spare piece of CF or or even G10. And inherent in that type of a design is always the the forward uh, tipped nose. So, Nick, you got to see the TDR in person last weekend, and it's got a pretty aggressive forward stance. In fact, yes. to the point where in the tall grass at my field, the front of the disc is chopping grass. Crazy, huh? Hmm. So shall we move on? We ready? Yep. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Mystery topic. Airframe. For me. Airframe. Airframe. Man. Yeah. So many things to do with airframe. And I am not shy to this. <laughs> Everyone who knows who has borrowed or bought one of my helis. Back in the day, knew that they all had little Justin. You, I loved your word. They were nickisms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. Yep, I always was throwing in extra frame stiffeners. Seems like every heli that I had, I could find a spot that I didn't like it the way yeah. it was structurally, and it needed an extra stiffener. So I would just buy extras and add one. I mean, there's no downside to it. I mean, can you think of a downside, Justin? No, just wait yeah yeah those frame stiffeners um i don't know has anybody else added any frame frame stiffeners? i haven't but let me ask you how you do it to make sure you're getting a nice even hole what do you take everything apart? you just do you drill one side <laughs> and then you hail mary it <laughs> absolutely dude yeah dude pretty much yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Use a bigger drill bit on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself some tolerance. Give a little wobbling room. Yeah. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I, I've never yeah. added any stiffeners, but I am not at all afraid to. Oh, all afraid. Oh, my God. All oh, I'm not, he's all not afraid, afraid. <laughs> to drill holes wherever I want. Oh, uh, yep. I remember I used to be like, oh, man, I really wish that they would just put a place to put a zip tie. Exactly. Now it's like, it's just like oh, oh, I would like to have shit. a zip tie here. <laughs> yep, <Boom>. exactly. <laughs> zip tie hole. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. I did to my Forza, man. Yep, like, I am not kind to any of my airframes. I will cut them, drill them, whatever it takes to get exactly what it is that I want. I remember I used to be, uh, for example, the Kasama that I bought, uh, the first version that they had of that, there was a real bad issue with the bubbling tank, fuel tank. And the thought process was they people, everyone was saying it was because the uh, when the tank expanded, there was not enough room in the cutout for the fuel tank and it would cause some vibration or some shit like that. So everybody, the the advice on the forums was sand those things out, make them bigger. And I'm like, uh, wait a minute. You want me to take a Dremel to my $1,200 airframe? <laughs> I was not comfortable with that. But nowadays it's like, Oh, okay. Want me to make it bigger? How bigger you want it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yep. dude, I have I have modified the frame on the Diablo Speed and the TDR. Yeah. No yep. problem. You can't be Hey, have you guys ever made like put more frame stiffeners and then made extra like mounting plates or gyro trays or anything? I have done that once or twice. Uh like I've I have adjusted the design on the ESC mount for the goblins. Oh yeah. Um on the on the 770 actually is a really good example. You remember Nick before they came out with a competition version, they had oh, that yeah. stupid metal plate down there that was just horrible. I mean, it didn't fit anything. It was just a big pain in the ass. So, got rid of that and got two of the uh frame stiffeners and tapped holes in them sideways and mounted a G10 plate down there to hold the ESC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That was a big complaint. That's why they did the competition. I'm glad they they did. did Yeah. Adjustable tray and all that junk. Yeah, I did. um, Definitely added like small trays with frame stiffeners on some helis in the back uh, under the boom block. Around in there, you slide your 12S pack, you get your CG in all good, and then right back behind the pack, you would add a couple frame stiffeners in there and uh, make a little G10 plate. And it, it was just like a great spot to put a backup guard or um, you know something like that if you needed a spot for your receiver because maybe you were running like a rear mount fly barless system it went on the back and there was i didn't really want to put it on the or put the receiver on the side of the frame yeah definitely made a lot of those actually the the 570 comes with one of those i do believe 570 or 500 yeah 570 i think so yeah i'm not i'm not shy there man we cut up justin and i have cut some serious shit before Oh yeah. Can't be afraid. I always have I I keep a stock of G10 and carbon fiber in my 
my garage for whenever I, I mean, I've done like frame stiffeners before where not just, and, and I know we just talked about frame stiffeners and to be clear, what, what Nick was talking about was the little metal bars, right? Or tubes yeah. cross that members. cross bars. Yeah. Cross members. And I've actually gone and taken carbon fiber or G10 and cut one that sits externally in a particularly weak portion of the frame, maybe like a thin piece of webbing and bolted those on either side to keep them stiffened up. You're making like a doubler. doubler. Yeah, like yeah, a, frame yeah, like doubler. a frame doubler. Exactly, Jesse. Yep. Jesse knows all about that with the um, the 7HV. Oh, yeah. I did that with an old set, old crashed set of 7HV frames. So right down there where the skids... The, the bolt that holds the skid on on the 7HV goes through the frame, and it's just a single piece of carbon fiber, your standard frame thickness. And every time, if you catch those skids in a crash, you'll crunch that hole up. Double that sucker up. Oh, that's the worst. Yep. Yeah, I guess I Look did, uh, for the Kasama too, I had to do the, something similar with the way they designed their landing gear struts. It was just a... Uh, three millimeter carbon fiber plate with two bolts on the frame side. And then just a kind of a flat strut, uh, that didn't survive hard landings very well. So I did the mm. doubler with that as well. Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I think it works great, man. I drilled in uh switch holes for adding yes, switches. Switch holes. Yes. Yeah. Or fans or, you know, even back in the nitro switch. Did. I never ran switches much on nitros. I did when but, I first started because that that's kind of what everybody was doing. But uh, like with your NICAD yeah, packs, with my NICAD packs, I remember switching switch to the uh, lithium ion packs. Those big ass, like uh, four, you know, fifty nine hundreds, just big round batteries. Oh yeah, Carl, I get to pitch Carl some shit. He's got a couple of those. I'm like, dude, really? That's a it's like three quarters of a pound worth of receiver pack. Come on. <laughs> That's what everybody was running back then, Nick. Hey, I even take mine. I mount uh, my switch. I have like a disconnect switch that I use for the fan on my speed controllers on the 700s. And this works out great. You get those little crappy switches that come with your radio that you have no use for. Well, I've got a pile of them. And the, that little horizontally finned area up by the gyro mount in the back of the goblin it takes very little filing i mean very little and you can slide that switch around the back and the the little handle on the switch will slide right through that slotted part put the cover on the switch tighten it down no drilling needed and it's way low it sits really flat like almost against the aluminum plate back there so it's low profile out of the way. And it's, I mean, three quarters of an inch away from your fly barless system to plug it into. It's awesome. Works out great. Hmm. I think uh, the more modern frames, though, geez, well, I don't know. I, I was thinking, like for the Forza, for example, I just had to add a few zip tie holes. But other than that, you know, they're getting, the frames are getting pretty good. As far as oh yeah, they're starting huge to huge difference. Through. Yeah, so there's not a big big difference. We used to just hack the crap out of our lines, man. 
Yeah, the Align had yep. the least thought put into it in terms of routing wires or any sort of stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I do find funny, though, is that you still have to, very rarely does a belted heli come, like, out of the box with all of the provisions to ground the boom. Jesse, do any of yours? I'm trying to think. I know, I want to say that the, 6HV did, but I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I guess I wouldn't know for certain. Doesn't the 7HV, Jesse? I thought the compass I thought it came with, with a little thingy. With the little jumper wire. Yeah. yeah a little thingy. That's a technical term, Nick. Well, they, yeah, the, the route that, that compass takes is the, you know, in between your, your boom braces in the front, you sand off a little bit of the paint, zip tie the wire to it, and then run it up to your frame. To your uh, motor mount screw. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe that they do include the hardware for that. I'm, I remember with the logos, you could buy, like, a kit. Mm-hmm. I would think they just include it in all of them now, but then again... But you can do it yourself, too. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. a super simple one to do. How do you do yours, Jesse? So... Yeah, the, the same way that it comes, you know, that the stuff's provided stock just in between the boom braces in the front, just sand a little bit, you know, paint and powder coat off the boom down to where you can see the bare metal and strip some of the end of a wire and basically zip tie it to it so they have good contact and run it all the way up to one of the screws that goes into the mounting frame or portion for the motor. So that you're basically, you can double check that in the, in the end, the goal is that all the way from the tail case in the back up to the motor mount, you have conductivity. So you want to make sure that your frame and the back, your, your tail case is not isolated so that you don't get that differential and get that voltage across them. Causing brownouts. Oh yeah. Cause then you get that voltage and it eventually it has to go somewhere. Has to jump. Bam. What about aftermarket stuff? Like blingage. Aftermarket upgrades to the airframe. I feel like it's... They're almost blinged out anymore. I think it's gone, it's, man. Well, it's super common with the little guys. Yeah, I well, suppose it is, a, isn't it? That's a good point, Jesse. Yeah, yeah very fair yeah, point. Be, well, yeah, some of it's blingage. Some of it's per, you know a performance upgrade, different material or... Going from the plastic to the aluminum is a huge thing on those little helicopters. Um, and then some of them are just, hey, this looks cool. I should spend a couple bucks because the parts aren't that expensive and <laughs> make it look awesome. Do you remember, Nick, back when we had to, with the Nitro 700 Align Nitro? My God. Half the damn thing <laughs> had to be KDE for it to fly with the crap. <laughs> uh, the G-Force clutch. Oh, yeah. The G-Force yep clutch assembly and then i ran like the kde frame brace on the bottom in the back so that all the boom all the uh yeah the boom supports so those had something beefier Mm -hmm. and then always had to have the aluminum the aluminum was it the elevator servo yeah the elevator servo yep the the holder from in the front yep the links mount yep to to stiffen up the front of the frame. That whole frame set was oh, pretty that's funny. shift. I'll call it shifty yeah. about that. 
that's a well, if you noticed, a lot of the guys that, uh, well, I guess maybe a lot of the guys is kind of the wrong term, but, you know, you used to think back to the guy to the days when we were buying upgrades all the time. It was Lynx and KDE, and both of those companies have kind of moved on. They're still doing upgrades, but they're kind of focusing on other things. Lynx is, you know, just starting to do a helicopter. Of course, KDE is big into the multi-rotor stuff now. I think that whole aftermarket stuff, like, well, except for what Jesse said, especially for our bigger ones, though, you know, so much thoughts going into these helis. I just, I just don't think it's, they're blinged out. You know? Yeah. So. No, they are. Especially, I mean, you know, you you go like on Lynx's website and they still have quite a right. bit, but the majority of it is like 500 size and down. They, they just, they don't have the, the big variety that they did when the 700s are coming out because they're, the bar is so high now that there's just not, God, there's just not much. Do you guys miss that well, kind of stuff? Because that was fun. Wasn't that kind of fun? Dude, it I was, it. but, and yeah, I, I agree, Dan. I kind of miss it, but I kind of don't because it is, there is something very nice about knowing that the airframe that you just bought or, you know, have been flying doesn't need any upgrades. Because let, let's face it, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, to, for for the most part, all of the bling, even some of the crazy aligned stuff, had some function to it, right? So yes. yeah, it, yes. you know, you're making your heli look nice in the process, but it's stiffening something up or it's removing a piece of plastic that, you know, is all squishy or whatever the situation is. So yeah. Uh, you know, now, if you've got a fully functional airframe, do you do you really feel like you need to make it look cooler? I don't think so, because I think they're making them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, one other thing that that comes to my mind is so, for example, like the synergy on the back. So you have the, the tail rod that runs down the tail boom and then it goes into that um, pivot arm. And then moves the slider to adjust your the pitch on your tail blade. So on the Synergy, that's a plastic part. Now, for me, I kind of think, okay, plastic, maybe it's a little squishy, but the other side of that could be, did you ever think that maybe it's a sacrificial part that's you know, kind of in that control or in that link that, sure, maybe it does break after a couple of crashes, but the thing costs two bucks and they're trying to minimize damage to more critical parts. Well, so sometimes always running out and buying that aluminum one or that you know metal one just doesn't fix all of your issues. It just causes maybe something else to break. Well, we have hacked, modified, drilled, vented, braced, and napkinized our helis. I think now that we have them all fixed, I feel like we should just get out of here and go fly them. I agree. I absolutely agree. We should wrap this one up. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to actually get some sleep for once. What is this? And go fly tomorrow. Nick can sleep. What that's that's an oxymoron. That's <laughs> that is but dude, there's no well, there is no there's no candle left to burn. It's it has burnt. burnt My up. candle looks like um a wax museum oh. in a forest fire. Melted. <laughs> 
Hmm. Yep. Well, we're going to take it one step further. We're going to see if that candle can last just a little bit longer and see if we can get your email before we uh, lose you for the night. So someone can send oh, you an email. I can probably... Yeah, you can send me one at nick at rchellynation.com. How about you, Justin? You can send me an email at justin at rchellynation.com. Jesse. Uh, you can send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchellynation.com. If you have a question about citizen card anything, registration, numbers, you can send those emails to Ken at rchellynation.com. And also, too, if you have any store questions, uh, stock of uh, if there's a shirt you're looking for, hoodie, hat, that kind of stuff. Ken's uh, Johnny on the spot. He'll get those answered and get you along your way real quick. I'd invite you to check out Facebook. It's a great way to find out what we're going on to. I noticed something, too, I'll bring up. We forgot to post last week's show on Facebook. Oh, oh yeah. That... Who, who, who is in charge of that stuff? Wow. <laughs> we'll try not to Thanks, forget Dan. to do this. Once week. again, you have succeeded in giving me tire mark. <laughs> <laughs> so check out Facebook. Like I said, great way to find out what we're up to. And also our webpage. If you want to chat with some hilly guys, uh, there's always a few in there. If you have any questions... Send those to, if you want to, you know, record a few questions, or maybe if you just have any questions, you can, I guess you could type some out too. We might be, we might be able to read them out. Uh, send those to questions at rclnation.com. Before we go, I did get one request. This is from the UK. I got an email from Paul over in the UK. He brings to our attention, there's a new young, have you guys seen this guy? A uh, new young kid, uh, Charlie Hans, 13-year-old mm. kid. No. Apparently, uh, he did real well. I'm not sure at the. I guess at the grassroots, right? Oh, okay. Um, I guess they just he. You know, he's flying the the KDS, and uh, uh, just congratulations to this youngster, 13 years old. It's always great to see young kids. I mean, it's just they're getting younger and younger. Maybe maybe it's not great to see. You know what? Screw you, dude. Seriously, yeah, because the old. younger they get, the worse we feel about it. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, let's see. The end result after the flyoff between the top five saw Charlie come in second in his very first competition ever. Nice, so man. Congratulations, nice. man. Uh, That's awesome. It'll be interesting to see how you progress. Uh, cool. So I thought I'd uh, go ahead and read that one. Thanks, Paul, for sending that to us. And I guess that about does it, guys. This is episode 191. Is that right, Justin? 191? 194. Yeah. <laughs> we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. So are your napkins regular? Or heavy flow? Or are they sanitary? <laughs> are they heavy flow? Ooh. Ooh. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>